Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault and part time capsule as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. Gemma is cringing at me quite violently. How are you? Don't say violently. That's, <laughs> that's a bit unfair. I'm Matt Bentley Viney and this evening I am joined by my co-host, co-wife and co-everything. Gemma Bentley Viney. How are you on this sunny evening? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We recorded the other podcast yesterday. That's why we're not like, oh, I've been doing loads. It's It's been a day since I've told you. Because obviously we can't tell you what we've done this week. Tell you what we're going to be doing. I've got a very busy week, actually. Very busy podcasting week. So if you didn't know, I work across other podcasts at the moment. Whether that's producing, editing, recording, doing a bit of the old podcasting stuff, really. And I've been working for some cool people that have been nice to get to know. How about you, Gemma? What are you doing this week? I'm going on a tour of Twickenham Stadium with work. <laughs> don't know a lot about rugby but um i'll enjoy it be like a little school trip almost because it's like during work hours so be like Ooh, oh that's we're off on an adventure i didn't know it was during work hours that's brilliant yeah and then i'm going to an engagement party at the weekend which i'm really excited for so you're not watching the big boxing match on saturday night then i didn't know there was one youtubers who now box in front of millions of people online that sounds like something i will never watch <laughs> <laughs> But something we have been watching about an hour ago has been two childhood TV shows. And one of them is, well, actually, they're both iconic for different reasons and in different ways. One of them, I had no idea what it was by the title. But as soon as we clicked on it, I was like, oh, my God, I know this. I know this inside out. And then the second one, I knew by title. And then watching it, I was like, oh, I don't remember it being like this. So last episode for me was my favourite combination whereas Berners watch and big kids and i was like you know what i could watch these for hours today i think maybe my two least faves oh no really i was looking forward to them ending i was like i can't do i was literally like i can't do much more of this i have to be honest one of them did it felt its length and we only watched it for 10 minutes i was literally like i, I mean i was grabbing my phone i was sort of thinking what well, i had no idea what was going on in it i was just like no i'm not You've lost me. But to build the suspense a little bit more before we tell you what we've watched. And Which I know be it's in the, in the title. title. I know it is, but I like pretending it isn't. But one of them is a British institution. Oh, is it? Yeah, it ran for a really long time. Oh, I wouldn't call it an institution. And then the second one is Cartoon Network, one of the OGs. It's a pretty much a heavyweight fight here between the two. Shall we let them know what it is? Matt. Would you like to introduce the first show we watched called Zap? Zap is a British children's television comedy program. The concept of the show is a giant 18-foot comic that has been brought to life. The show was broadcast on ITV from the 8th of January 1993 until the 21st of September 2001 and was produced for 10 series by The Media Merchants and Meridian Broadcasting. The programme follows the same format throughout its run. A title intro is shown consisting of a couple of short clips for each character from the series and it is then followed by a few short videos. The series ran for 10 series and 100 and 33 episodes. 
That makes a lot of sense though, because this show for me, I swear it was always on. It was. It was always on. Whenever I would go on the channel, I'd be like, oh, it's that again. It was on there all the time. It was on there all the time. So as soon as um, you kind of said how long it ran for and the amount of episodes, I was like, yep. It's weird about the branding, isn't it? You mean like about the comic book? Well, no, but it's called Zap because I literally have, I don't remember being called that. It doesn't really have an iconic theme song either. It's... It's like... It reminded me of um, Kirby Enthusiasm, the music it plays Wait, during is that. that. Have I just, just sang my own little yeah, song? I think you just sang your own little <laughs> song. It's basically like a jazzy orchestra. There's a theme here because in the second thing we watched, there was a lot of jazz as well. But this was like an orchestral, like upbeat, big band type music. You can tell it was created by adults, but for children. Because I feel like even though I... So I have always loved retro things one of the reasons we're doing this podcast even when I was growing up I always loved um, reading my mum's old annuals which was like Mandy and Bunty we didn't really have that growing up where it was almost like those comic book styles I don't think you'd go into your local one-stop co-op Tesco's and there wouldn't be loads of comics like there were for our parents growing up that's what they used to read and you know you'd get these books these annuals each year with I loads and loads of comics I, I used to get annuals at Christmas and things but like they that they have a lot of comics them i feel like they want there was the beano beano used to have comics yeah. and the simpsons did one i used to read okay but I and feel they like... were like comic strips almost but i know what you're saying though like the big annuals and it's all mm. comic book i think especially for girls there wasn't as many comics as there were when my mum was growing up you know my mum had some fantastic ones in her annuals so because that was the concept of zap where it is the giant comic book that kind of comes to life I feel like it does have that feel as if it was created by adults for children. But actually, the children can't really relate to it that much. I think, I'm just going to throw it out there, the concept is incredible. I love the concept of you zoom in. Basically, it's like a st static shot and you're zooming in from afar and you can see it's like a comic strip. And then in each little box, there's a character hanging out saying like, pick me, pick me. It's amazing. It's an amazing effect. And I still I haven't seen it done since. No, I agree. Actually, the concept of it is, and this is why I'm so. And it's not crappy CGI or anything no. either. It's like he's in. They've built it. They've built this set, and it it looks amazing. It is really imaginative, and that's kind of what we're saying. It doesn't have an iconic theme song. The name might not mean much to you, but that image and that style is so unique to the show that that is what you remember and I do think they absolutely nailed it for that it is really iconic if you were like in one of those boxes what would your little story be well they're all quite slapstick which I'm not a fan of no it is that's the genre isn't that it? Is it the is genre. slapstick and I didn't like it growing up if I'm honest Growing up, I didn't enjoy the show. I remember just waiting for it to finish. And I was always like, oh, it's that show again. And that I think that is just a running. That's my taste is I don't like slapstick. And I don't like it as an adult. And it's all silent as well. I mean, you get the sound effects of people going mm. like, hee hee. Like those sort of things. Yeah. But there's no actual dialogue. I do love that. I think it's hard to do that and it's hard to pull that off. So I always really respect it when a TV show does that. And I think there's something really classy about that. I mean, not that, but I think there's very, I think there's something very, very classy about um, that kind of style and method of acting. Oh, not that. I don't know what I would be. Well, I thought your brother already created the character for what, you. What, the constipated kid? Yeah. <laughs> no. And you just be like, Ugh. 
and then a different object falls out of my bum each time (laughs) (laughs) then you go you zoom into the toilet it's like it's a teapot (laughs) i like that i think that's a good one it's really weird i have no specific memories of any of the episodes but i remember watching loads of it to be fair i remember the characters although so we should say now that there's four different characters that we visit each episode in this and one of them is neil buchanan of art attack fame hero well i was really worried because i saw he's in it and i was like oh neil i genuinely thought he had passed away are you not getting mixed up with mark from smart i knew he did but i could have sworn i mean also condemns it because he was a legend as well yeah i could have sworn that neil buchanan no i was like i never thought he died no because you know like loads of people believe that about people and i've always been oh that's so stupid of course they're alive i genuinely didn't think because on his wikipedia it said born and then it didn't say died and i was like well what how did he die i was literally looking for his death because i was like oh i can't remember how he died actually i'm really happy he's alive see if i had some like good news tonight like he's well, not dead that set off the episode amazingly because i did that before watching it evan has like ah oh, he's still alive also weird trivia he is now well obviously he was always very arty but he's like a proper contemporary established artist mm-hmm. and he's in a metal band. Yeah, that's always been a good fact because wasn't it um, mentioned on, was he? He's on Celeb to Juice Wasn't recently. he Nevermind the Buzzcocks once referencing it? You know, when Maybe. they came out, I swear it was when they had to come out and it was like rem- remembering an old band. Oh and no, he, came out. he was in the lineup. Yeah, but like, fun, I think they loved it. Maybe I got that wrong. I don't know, but But anyway, he's, he's in it as the artist. It's basically like a French character he plays who's an artist. And then you've got the first guy who's called Silly Something. He's very silly and it's, that is the most slapstick. And in this episode, he was like a little chef. And then my personal favourite was the handyman, which mm-hmm. you would know if you're sort of so visual. He's just these yeah. gloved hands doing tricks. Yeah. And that was really cool. It's almost like a puppet show. So a little curtain kind of reveals itself. And then you've just got these a black screen and then the hands there doing their thing. And finally, you've got the Daisy, Daisy, Daisy character who I didn't really like. Oh, I like her. No, no, I feel bad. It's probably something innately sexist in that. I didn't like her. She was my least favorite. I don't think I liked her, but I think in this episode, her bit was my fave. Really? Yeah, I really liked her segment today. It's such an easy watch and it's timeless. It's one of those ones you could still show your kids now. And I think they would be maybe not fully entertained, but they'd be like, oh, this is all right. They would accept it. They'd be a bit like... Oh, okay, we're, we're watching this. But it doesn't feel dated in any way. All the stories today, I wasn't like, oh, look at that mobile phone. Look at this. I think they've done it very well in the sense that because it was already slightly old school and retro, that means it's not going to date as much because it was already borrowing that humor from, you know, the 20s and um, facial expressions. Also, the um, outfits as well were very, very retro and old school. So it was already quite timeless, even back then but that's obviously why it ran for so long because when you don't have dialogue or anything i guess it doesn't date and as long as you can keep coming up with funny scenarios for them all to do what would yours be then i'm the constipated kid and each time something else drops in the toilet and we've got to guess what it is what's yours mine right i would either be working in a cheese shop and each time i'm like looking at all the moldy cheese and like oh what's this cheese and what's that cheese what's going on here awful (laughs) or the other one i would do i would make sculptures out of baked beans that's just you can't do that i'm telling you you can you can't we'd have to watch to find out so it's just you not doing sculptures it's just you holding cold baked beans through your hands and it dripping i think that sounds fun that sounds like a horror movie 
And I'm dripping in beans as well. That's horrible. Going back to what you were saying about the format of the show where you've got the four characters coming out of their um, little kind of sections in the comic book. They always have these other sections. And I only just learned today that you never see those ones because they would have like a little picture. Like one of them was a picture of an eye. There was another one that was a picture of a clown. And I remember always thinking when I was younger, please be one of the others. Oh, God. (laughs) So for 129 episodes, (laughs) you were like, oh, when's it going to be the clown's turn? Yeah, I was like, I want to see the eye. What is the eye? What does it mean? And it was only just today when we sort of thought, oh, I was like, oh, we should probably watch another episode so we can see all of the characters. I was like, wait, hang on, because the other ones don't have anyone popping out of them. It's just a drawing. And that's because they're not they're not part of the show. I'm sorry, Gemma. I'm sorry you had to discover that this evening. I was so stressed as a child thinking, this is so annoying. It's always the same ones. So in this episode that we watched, it features all of the characters as it does in all of their episodes. And this one starts off with Cuthbert Lily. The silly guy. The silly guy. Is that because it meant, it's meant to rhyme with silly? Like Cuthbert Il- Silly. Cuthbert. Cuthbert Lily. I'm very silly. Cuthbert Lily. I'm very silly. I mean, I've just made that up. That's true. Because quoting it as if it was fact. He's a chef. I don't know if he's always a chef, but in this episode, he's got a chef's hat on. And and, his polka dots. Yep. And it's all very um, green. Kind of big cook, little cook, very kind of that cartoony chef stereotype outfits and colorings behind him he's making a cake a lot happens like he's smashing some eggs and he's pouring some flour but it's doing it wrong he kept coughing into his oven mitt that was something he kept doing we're not sure why it was just all going a bit wrong he just wasn't he's not very good at it so i'm sort of questioning is he always a chef then he sort of gives up so he gets out the cake mix so he just does it himself. Oh, wait, no. Before that, some really weird innuendo stuff Oh, happening God. Yeah, it did. Yeah, where, where he's spraying like cream everywhere. Yeah, but and he literally turns his back to the camera. It's um, the um, I don't cook. That thing, the mixer, the electric... Blender? Whisk, the electric whisker, whisk, whisker. The whisker. And he's got this electric whisk and he's like got it in his, the bowl and the cream's going everywhere. But then he turns his back to you <laughs> and, and you can kind of just see his elbow going. And then um, cream goes everywhere on all the walls. It so reminded me of um, Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. Creamy muck muck. It was a bit dodge. And then he sort of gives up. So he gets out his cake mix. So he puts that in there instead. And then he puts it in the oven. But it comes out all burnt. But then he shows you one tiny little cake and he smiles. Oh, so is that the joke? They put an instant cake mix? Yeah, because it's like, oh, he's given up and now he's using this. Oh, oh okay. I yeah. didn't, didn't really... Okay, fair enough. It took a while to get there. It was my least favourite one. Actually... Yeah, it was my uh, least favourite one. Daisy might have been my least favourite. No, it's this one is of my least favourite. The good thing is, when they're only two or three minutes, even if it's bad, I'm like, oh, well, we'll see what the next one is. It doesn't matter. They, no, You've got four. You've got four. And two out of four were really good. So next up, we had Mr. Neil Buchanan um, as Artie Farty. Is that what it's actually no, called? No, Smarty Artie. I was going to say, I thought fart was a swear word when I was little. No, it's not. Uh, my mum said it was. <laughs> I can tell you that it's not a swear word. Yeah, smart arty. Okay, well, there we go. Yes, it wasn't farty arty. So smart arty. Smarty. Oh, okay. I got it. He'd be, an ama- he'd be a dream podcast guest. Oh my God. Could you imagine if he would do it? It's just, we're putting that out there in the universe. It's all imagine. And I could tell him the anecdote. Oh, I, well, I, I thought <laughs> you were dead. <laughs> He'd be really happy with that, Matt. He is dressed up like a 
proper kind of cartoony French artist where he's got the beret, he's got the big moustache, he's got massive eyebrows. He's wearing almost like a um artist palette where it's that he's wearing a big white cloth and it's just got paint splodges all over it. They've done this in a really clever way that I'm not gonna be able to describe to you properly. Oh yeah. So he's on a white background and he's drawing on it as if it's a giant whiteboard. So he's drawing himself like a fishing rod and then he draws himself a little stool, but then he can actually sit himself onto the stool. And then it kind of goes 10 minutes later and he sort of thinks, oh, actually, I'd like to have thing to rest my net on. So he does that. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, oh, actually, I need to draw some water. So he goes and draws the water. And he's like, oh, actually, you know, I haven't drawn a fish. Then he draws a fish and then he moves the fish from where it was on the whiteboard. And then it goes down into the water and you kind of see it disappear. It's very clever, isn't it? It's very simple yet effective. I think it's amazing. And it looks really good as well. It doesn't look cheap or anything like that. I was thinking, how have they done it? They just put him in like a big white room and then he's got the whiteboards there. I, I don't know how they've done it. We don't, I couldn't tell you that. I think it is a giant whiteboard. And then they obviously then will make the props as well. So he'll draw the fish and they cut out the fish. And that's where you can obviously take off it and move around. He kind of has, Neil Buchanan's always had a very, very good drawing style for kids TV. Similar to what he did in Art Attack, especially at the end when he did his like big oh yeah the, the sculptures big, and the big no, drawing with, one um, wasn't with, it just called the big i don't know what it's called but it's when he's got like a whole school of people helping and oh no this is when he does it on his own he does the big oh, you thing love at those the end ones. and it's because you would never know what it's going to be so it started and the way he would draw you can't tell straight away what he's doing so this is kind of very similar where he'd be drawing things you wouldn't really be able to quite tell what it is and then it takes you a while and you're like oh it's a you know fishing rod and oh it's a puddle so that kind of is very engaging it made me have to pay attention as well. And it was also very therapeutic to watch and rewarding, I think, to watch. Quick question. First thing that comes into your head, what will you draw for yourself? What would I draw? You're meant to do it. You're not, I, was, I kept thinking, why is he not drawing uh, food? You're not, it's like a word association. You're supposed to do it really quick. First thing comes into your head. No. I'm, <laughs> what, I'm, why don't you do these games? So, But I did keep thinking, why isn't he drawing himself like, a glass of wine or a, or a sandwich <laughs> a sandwich it's <laughs> <laughs> like why is he not hungry just draw yourself a sandwich and then you can pick that up and eat it that'd be that'd be amazing if you could literally just draw what you wanted and then you're like i've got it now do you know what i would have drawn if i was him and i was there a lilo so you could lie out on the lake in the pond in clapham common and wandsworth common <laughs> you look at that and go oh i wish i had a lido that i could lie in it oh i'd draw a sun and it was like nice and warm that see that's a good answer you could draw a sun so it's nice and warm i'd draw myself a picnic blanket and a picnic basket filled with picnicky foods oh i'd have a pork pie in there and some coleslaw i don't know how you're gonna draw i'd draw some champagne a coleslaw would be quite hard to draw wouldn't it yeah i was thinking yeah you know you'd end up with horrible things if you tried to draw a coleslaw fun fact matt is the worst drawer drawer drawerist <laughs> artist i know fun little bit of trivia so every card i do for gem i always do a little drawing in there and look how much she appreciates it i always have to guess what it is i'm like what is it is it what is it, is it a hedgehog and you what no last this year you drew me some otters yeah, yeah. <laughs> You drew us as two little otters. It was very weird, but thanks. So then we have, what's the next character called, Matt? The Handyman. And they did something which I was genuinely like amazed by. I was like, I'm impressed. Quickly, before you go into it. So the Handyman here. Is it Neil again? It's a woman called Sarah Pickle. But why isn't it the Handy Woman? That seems a bit unfair. 
if I was going to be any of the people in this, I'm the hand. You by the would way. be good actually because you've got quite long fingers. I've got quite nice hands. I don't compliment myself often, oh, but my hands are all right. You've got lovely hands. Don't hate my hands. So it does a little trick and it's really nice. So it starts off with a theatre and you see all the hands clapping and it's like, oh, look at them all. Just the hands. It's a bit creepy actually. Oh, I love it. And then it opens up the curtains and the hands, it's like doing a little show and you've got an elephant in a, yes, yeah, so you've got a drawing of an elephant on a piece of paper and then you've got a gra- glass in front of it and then they pour water in the glass and it flips the elephant round. We were both, our minds were absolutely I blown. was literally like, and this isn't even magic. That's just like. Real. That You can do that. That was it really, if I'm honest. I was impressed with it as a 26 year old. So they're all white hands though, actually. Now I think about uh, it. Oh yeah, they were. Wasn't a diverse audience. We'll take marks off for that, but the actual trick itself, 10 out of 10. I thought the trick was amazing. If we had children, I'd, I would definitely like, if we even what, like knew, a, if we even just like knew a child, I'd be seeing them going, oh, do you want to see a trick? Not in that voice though, in a more non-sinister voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally we have Daisy Dares. And she kind of is like a Pippi Longstocking meets Minnie the Minx from Beano. And she's all like, naughty and cheeky and does pranks and dares you to do things and she had all of these big pictures of clowns and then all these children turned up with paintbrushes and we haven't said they're outside in like a circular bit aren't they in like a concrete park i would say then she's like oh no 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 we're not doing it like that so then she puts paintbrushes like tapes them to her their heads and they're sticking forward and then she does it with their bellies as well like it's sticking out and they have to go and paint these giant pictures and colour in these clowns but just by like, moving their bodies it was quite sweet because i saw in the credits it was a primary school that they went to so that must have been such a fun day out for that class I think it was really cute. I was like, I would quite like that as a challenge. And some of the kids acting was really cute as well because they had to be like annoyed. So they'd all huff in a row, didn't they? Like, yeah, they all had like that. Yeah, they all like would like pout and like cross their arms and be like, <laughs> oh, their parents must have been so happy seeing that. It's very cute. Then they paint and they're all happy. But it reminded me, all of these actually, apart from Handyman, reminded me of this really weird subgenre on YouTube where it's like grown adults playing like El- Princess Elsa and going, to the mall with Elsa and Ezreal. I don't know many princesses. Esmeralda? Or are you trying <laughs> yeah. to say like... <laughs> The uh, different princesses but it reminded me of that so they're, they're keeping this kind of genre going guys it's still out there if you want to go and watch it problem is the people on YouTube are quite sinister who do it whereas this was lovely it actually reminded me a lot when I was growing up I used to dream quite weirdly as a child so I can lucid dream so and I can still do it a little bit now where I can be, this is such a tangent, but it's really stay annoying with me. Because nobody can ever prove if you're telling the truth or not. I've just taken you at your word that you can lucid dream. You're like Neo from the Matrix in your dreams. I didn't realise until I could lucid dream until like the last couple of years as well when I started watching horror films. And they kept talking about this thing, how you can like change your dreams. So I'm like, but can't, any, can't everybody like change the direction of their dreams? But you have quite a lot of nightmares. So do you choose to have scary dreams? No, I have to be in a very deep sleep. And sometimes I'm more stressful because I'm trying to get out of it. So anyway, I could like slightly pick and choose my dreams. And growing up, the only way I could describe it to my parents was it's like a contents page. So I'd see like a contents page running across and it would be of different kind of recurring nightmares or nice dreams I'd have. So I couldn't fully control where it was going to land, but I could kind of control that it's going to be this selection, (laughs) if that makes sense. So my dad used to always say, have a nice contents page to me. Because if it was a bad contents page, I know I'm going to have one of those. So I'd always want it to be a good one. So then I 
you know, to have a nice Do you reckon you said that to them as you went to bed and then your dad turned to your mum like, she's going to cost so much in therapy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's... We're taking it to the doctors tomorrow. <laughs> they thought it was that weird. They were like, oh, that's, that's a nice bit odd, but cute. Oh, bless you. I bet that must have been so sweet. I'm just imagining you as a little kid trying to like say to them what that was like a little contents page oh. it is I used to read a lot and obviously when you're younger the books you read as a child were quite likely to have a contents page and have lots of short stories and like fairy tales so it's the only way I could think to describe oh, and be like it's like you. a contents page but also re-watching Zap and the opening of it is also very similar to what it kind of was like when I was younger you said earlier that you didn't like watching this growing up has this changed your mind? Mine was inoffensive watching it growing up and I like it now. You know what? The handyman's little trick with the elephant in the water. I was like, oh, that is good. I think the thing is, I like two out of the four. I like Neil Buchanan and I like the handyman. I didn't like the chef one or the Daisy Dares. I didn't like any of them. But then when I learnt that it was the art attack, Neil, all of a sudden I was like a lot more like, oh, no, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, my favourite thing about it is the interludes where it's just zooming in on the thing. And, and the hand like, comes out of the tv it's amazing with the remote it was a little bit meta the concept of it was incredible. very very good and i've not seen anything like it since and there wasn't anything like that at that time either so that was zap and next up Gemma. would you like to introduce ed ed and eddie Ed, Ed and Eddie is a Canadian-American animated comedy television series created by Danny Antonucci for Cartoon Network. The series revolves around three preteen boys who live in a suburban cul-de-sac in the fictional town of Peach Creek under the unofficial leadership of Eddie. The trio frequently invent schemes to make money from their peers to purchase their favourite confectionery, Jawbreakers. Their plans usually fail, leaving them in various often humiliating predicaments. Ed, Ed and Eddie received overall positive reviews from critics and became one of Cartoon Network's most successful original series. The show attracted an audience of 31 million households. That is crazy. Was broadcast in 120 countries and proved to be popular among children, teenagers and adults with nearly an 11 year run. Ed, Ed and Eddie is currently the longest running Cartoon Network original series with six seasons and 70 episodes. I liked how you were reading out the facts and then giving your own commentary like, oh, wow, that is shocking. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I learned quite a lot from that personally. Were you an Ed, Ed and Eddie girl? I was a fan. But re-watching it as an adult, I don't know why I liked it. I remember vividly Jawbreakers. That was the main objective of the whole show, wasn't it? It was just making money so they can go and buy Jawbreakers. I don't remember that at all. Don't you? Do you no. remember what they are, though? The, the are sweets? they like gobs? Are they gobstoppers? Yeah. yeah. In this, they're huge and they hang out their mouths and they like salivate and it goes everywhere. Of course, you'd remember that because obviously you don't like choking, well, do you? And I've got a choking associated story with this. My mum choked really badly on a gobstopper once and my nan had to put boiling water down her throat to dissolve it. Because it's obviously just made of sugar. It's hardened sugar. Obviously, I wasn't there when that happened, but... It's affected you. It's uh, gone down through the jeans. I was always told that, to be fair, with, like, gobstoppers, like, be careful, like... Well, because, obviously, you shove yeah. them in your mouth. And it's fine, because I used to eat them when I was younger, and the giant ones are absolutely fine, because you hold them and lick them. It's when you get, like, the smaller ones, and you just shove them in. And, you know, all you need to do is laugh or something, and it's Heimlich Maneuver Alley. 
coming up. I'm surprised. Like, well, I don't think they, they still sell them. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> I don't. I never see people with them, but I think they do sell them. No. Iconic theme tune. This one. Uh, I feel like if you've watched it once, you will remember that theme tune. I didn't remember forever. it. You're joking. No, I didn't remember it. Do you know oh, what? No, no, no. Amazing theme tune. 10 out of 10. Now I think about it though, other than the Powerpuff Girls, I don't think I remember many Cartoon Network theme songs. Do you not remember the end of the Ed Enemy theme tune? It's when it goes, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, now you've done it. But no, I didn't remember it because you did it. For me to go, oh yeah. I think the theme tune's amazing. And in general, Cartoon Network, I think they did good theme tunes. Sing some. Blossom. Yeah, yeah I just said that one. I just said that. Apart from Powerpuff Girls. Hey, mama. Yeah, you are right, actually. Dexter's lab. In Dexter's laboratory, he's the greatest boy you've ever seen. And Didi blows his experiments to smithereens. And da 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 da. Tom and Jerry. Dexter's lab. Tom and Jerry. I don't think Tom and Jerry had a theme tune, and also I don't think it's Cartoon Network. That was before. So I think we've discovered there. From our era of Cartoon Network, they made really good theme tunes. The only one that's not that good is Courage a Cowardly Dog. But were you a fan of the free Eds? I don't know. I, re- I did really enjoy it growing up, but I liked Plank. I always liked Plank. I remember Plank, and we all liked Plank. But I think it says a lot if my favourite character is a plank of wood. And I feel like this was probably is a similar tone to The Simpsons, but a bit weirder and wackier. No, don't lump it in with The Simpsons. That no, is it's not as good as The Simpsons. Sacrilege. What are you talking it's about? It's not as good as The Simpsons, but it's the same. It's the only kind of it's children's not. cartoon I think has that kind of cul-de-sac vibe. No, I don't think it is. It, it would be The Simpsons if The Simpsons solely focused on Bart. Yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah, but you see what I mean? It's that kind of, it represents those type of boys basically but i do think it's really interesting because i remember actually thinking this is exactly what boys i know are like it was very gross isn't it it's very yeah. like i don't know sweaty especially and... i don't know which ed it is not the main ed the taller ed she wears like a green parker ed is the one who wears the green you mean the like, dumb one mm-hmm. yeah he doesn't speak like that does he i think i've made that up um, i don't like it when you do this that was actually quite good. Oh, I don't know if it was. I mean, that wasn't, considering that was off the cuff, like, I've never heard you do that impression before. I don't know about this, guys. Oh, no, see, now you've got worse. <laughs> you've overthought it now and it's gotten bad. And I was like, he is, he does look like and act like and talk like boys at my school. To be honest, back then when I used to watch it, it was a mid-tier show for me. I never loved it. I never hated it. But if it mm. was on, I would watch it. And I think now having rewatched it, it's gone down a little bit in my estimation. Yeah. I, I don't, maybe it was just the episode we watched and I don't want to tar it all with that brush. I think the problem was, for me in this episode, the characters weren't very sympathetic. And that's obviously every episode because they're always doing a scam and stuff. It's kind of similar to Cramp Twins, actually. Yeah, it, it is, is. Yeah, They're just horrible boys. I do think you're right. I think in almost other kids' TV shows, it goes one way or the other. It's either, we're horrible, we're horrible, gross boys. Or it tries to teach like kids to be empathetic and like show these different sides to themselves. And... Yeah, Ed and Eddie are really just, they're just gross boys. What I find really interesting is if you compare it to like Totally Spies, Powerpuff Girls, considering how girls are represented and they're always ridiculously beautiful, I mean, Totally Spies, it's basically, oh yeah, it's, how are they meant to be high schoolers? These are like blimmin' models. secret agents wearing high heels. Yeah. 
And then for the boys, you have Ed, Ed and Eddie, who are these disgusting. They literally, even in their cartoons, they've literally drawn pimples and spots onto them. Yeah, but I guess they're like, what I did like about it actually is that they're the every guy, aren't they? They're not posh. They're not like the pretty yeah. boys. They are what most of my friends, when I look back when I was like 10, 12, we probably all looked like that. But there's no female equivalent. Even the female characters I in thought Ed the and Eddie. this were good. Yeah, they were good, but they weren't as realistic as the boys are. They didn't look like totally spies. They weren't they didn't doled look... up. I don't know. I thought they were, were quite good. I, the representation isn't very good in this show. No. I think they're all white, actually. You got one guy who I think, is he German? Is he Swiss? Ralph? He's European. He's European. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with that. I like the idea of the coldy sack. Yeah, I do too. I like that idea. It's a good like arena, isn't it, to have stories? Because, well, no, but I think everyone as well, like everyone knows that kind of feeling of it's a cul-de-sac and you play games in there and you do that and you meet all the other kids, like the neighbours' kids and you get on with them. It's a nice difference from instead of having it all based in a school. Yeah, definitely. Because school's boring. That's what I never understood, actually, with a lot of TV shows that are based on kids. I've just what? come home from school. I don't exactly. want to Why would you base it in school when school's the most boring part of your day? Is a whole running trope of parents asking their kids, what did you learn at school today? Oh, nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, nobody wants to talk about school. So why would we want to watch TV shows based solely in school? And also all they do what recess does, where it focuses on recess, which is like 20 minutes of your day. Then all these things are going to happen in 20 minutes. And I'm like, that's me queuing up for my lunch, sitting down, having 10 minutes to eat it and it's over. And there's something really cool. I think the, um, so the writing team, basically a lot of the episodes are homages to films. I didn't know that. And they've got loads of really cool titles and i'd like to read some out to you because when i was looking for this episode on imdb i was like oh these are really cool actually i'll read one out so you get the gist of what they're going for the pilot is called the ed touchables which is a play on the untouchables that's stupid doesn't even make sense so now you know how they do it so so do they just use the word ed into it (laughs) is that what they do okay so the film dawn of the dead ed of the dead how have you got that wrong? Worked, aren't we? No, it's <laughs> Dawn the of the Ed. Yes, <laughs> that's such an easy one. Okay, give me another one. They did one with a very popular song when we were growing up. Who let the dogs out? Who let the Eds out? But it's who let the Ed in. That's stupid. So it came from outer space. Ed came from outer space. <laughs> oh my god! It came from out of Ed. Yes. Well done. The day the earth stood still. The day that Ed stood still? Yeah, you got it. And that was one you were least confident about. You did it. It just sounds ridiculous. So I've been trying to figure out why my younger self liked Ed, Ed and Eddie. Because so far, I've been relatively consistent. Basically, a lot of people who know me may have noticed my taste hasn't changed since I was like 14. I like the same clothes. I like the same bands. I like the same movies. I had very good taste when I was 14. What can I say? I've been relatively consistent where TV shows I liked as a child, I still kind of can watch and think, yeah, that's enjoyable. And I don't like slapstick now. I didn't like slapstick growing up. (laughs) And watching those slapstick ones, I'm like, yeah, didn't like it. Still don't. Whereas Ed and Eddie is the one that's really like through me. I'm like, I enjoyed this. Am I sure I enjoyed this? Where's this stemmed from? I think because like we obviously were probably the last generation to have only a couple of TV channels where it's CBC and CITV. And also, if you notice, and when they did their like God Tears and everything like that for their shows, there's hardly any cartoons. Mm. So there wasn't a whole lot of cartoons available for us. I remember just being so, all I wanted in life was Cartoon Network. 
all we were all me and my brother would bang on about is getting Cartoon Network, getting Sky, getting those channels in. So I think it was more, I was just so happy to be watching Cartoon Network. I didn't care if it was Ed, Ed and Edgy. I was like, I will enjoy this. This is great. And also it is so different from, especially from what we watched last week, where it was like Bernard's watch. When we watched Come Outside, Big Kids, it is worlds apart from those types of TV shows, as is most of Cartoon Network original shows, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Johnny Bravo. They're all so, so different from what, you know, I used to watch repeatedly. But I think I just kind of welcomed the change and that <laughs> made me think I liked it. But in reality, I don't think I did enjoy that much. Sorry, Ed, Ed and Ed, Eddie creators. Well, I don't think they'll might I don't think they're making it for me. They weren't making it for the little girl who believed in flower fairies. They weren't there. I wasn't their target audience. No, they were making it for kids. Um, who I was a kid for boys. Uh, well, no, I don't think necessarily boys, but they were making it for kids who wanted to act older. I'm like, yeah, scamming people. We make money. We're like cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You're cool at all. They're these gross little boys. But they didn't actually. That's a. That was one of the nice things about this show. It did feel like they didn't care about being cool. It was more about mm. making money. It was more just about like the hustle, making bank, rather than like, oh, the cool kid doesn't like me. They all like wore really horrible clothes, horrible hair, and they weren't just going after girls. It wasn't no. about romance. It was kids being kids, which is quite refreshing actually, in a way, because so much of the school stuff is like, oh, and oh, there's the hot boy, or there's the hot girl. This is the popular group. This is the non-popular oh, no, group. Oh in between. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. So in that respect, this is quite good because it, it was so, it was almost, it's quite niche, isn't it? For something that's very popular, they carved out a little space where it's just in the cul-de-sac and it's them doing these funny little scams and trying to get jawbreakers. I love that. I love how specific it is. I think it's odd that adults like it. If I like was not with you and I was like dating a guy. Well, and he said, come round and then you got Ed and Eddie on. Yeah, and I like first went round. No, not first <laughs> date. But if we like been going out a while, I was round to his and like on the background, I turned and tell him like Ed, Ed and Eddie was on. I'd be going right off him. Would you come back to me and be like, the Simpsons isn't that bad. It's okay. <laughs> I think I would be a bit like no I think I'd be like oh okay like maybe it's really good but then I'd watch the episode and go no really random quick side note before we go back into Ed and Eddie I really want to watch the adult shows from when we were kids but we would consider kids shows so for example Simpsons is a 12 or a 15 but I would still watch it South Park so 12 or 15, but I would still watch it. I, mean, Mal- I was going to say Malcolm in the Middle. But Malcolm I mean, in the was... Middle is all, I think that's a 12. I loved Malcolm so in the Middle. So I think we should start doing those sort of shows as well. My Family, My mm-hmm. Hero. You know what I mean? Like Evening, not just the cartoony. Blind Date. Like, but it would be quite fun if you watched that. Or like Holby City or something. I never watched <laughs> Holby City. Why do you keep banging on like Holby City like you're a middle-aged mum? Holby I really City. Liked it. I don't know why you keep referencing it. It was Holby City on a Tuesday and Casualty on a Saturday. A load of rubbish. So the three Eds, we should probably describe what the characters are like. You've got the leader who's like, you know, Joe Pesci in Home Alone, the small no, one. No, I've never watched Home Alone and I don't want to. Oh, well, we will obviously be watching that as no, a Christmas it special. Incredibly you know, Home Alone is one of the best Christmas films ever made. Lies. It's not lies. It's really it seems good. annoying. Oh, yeah. I just literally went on a rant about how I don't like slapstick. And you're like, watch Home Alone. Why would I? It's absolutely not yeah, me at all. But do you not think that you're not missing out? But would you not like to be involved in the conversation to know what it's about? No, because I think it'd be nice of me to go, oh, I've not actually seen that. And people go, oh, no, rather than I've seen it and I hated it and then upset the person. Fair enough. Anyway, so the main character is a bit like that. And then you've got the 
I don't oh, it's so confusing with Ed and Eddie. I don't know which what their names are. But you've got one who's really smart and he's like Is a he bit really dorky. Smart, though? He's the smartest out yeah, of the Yeah, there three we of go. Them. That's better. He's the smartest out of the three of them and he comes up with he's like dev- he's an inventor and he makes these little devices and things like that. He's alright. He's a bit whiny. He's but a bit again, scared. Though, he's very mollycoddled. This happens in so many American cartoons and kids shows where there's like the scientist child. I don't know anybody like that. Oh, I want to be an inventor when I grow up. I, nobody ever said that in my schools. Yeah, we went to the wrong schools. We keep finding this out, Jim, as we No, I email in if you told people you wanted to be an inventor when you grew up. Or, oh, I like to do experiments at the weekend. I mean, nobody talks like that. Nobody does that. I never understood. There was a trope that kids always wanted to be astronauts. I never wanted to be an astronaut. Well, that scared me. You clearly never went to the moon, so why would I? Whoa. Oh, no. I mean, save that for another podcast. <laughs> When we're debunking conspiracies, greatest achievements. I mean, what are you going to say next? Usain Bolt is using steroids. No, but if that's, you know, if you want to call it the greatest step for mankind, I'll call it something else. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, ki- I'm kind of kidding. I didn't know anyone who wanted to be an astronaut or a politician. So that shows you that we didn't go to the right school. People want to be footballers, famous, yeah. and teachers, but in bands. I wanted to be an artist. I don't think anyone wanted to be teachers at school. I knew quite a few people. Not at school. No, there no were one quite at a few school was girls. like, oh, I can't wait to be a teacher. A lot of girls wanted to be teachers. But anyway, then finally, you've got the big lanky Ed who is just... He's like Neil from The Inbetweeners. This yes. is like The Inbetweeners. You've got Neil. He is Neil from The Inbetweeners. And then you've got Jay, who is the leader. And then um, the other one can be a mixture between Will and the other in-betweener that people forget about. Joe? No, his name's not just the actor. Simon. Simon. So you've got a cross between Simon and Will, but a little bit more Will in there. Then you've got Jay, who's the leader. And then you've got this silly one like that's tall and stupid and lanky, which is Neil. Sorted. So because we've kind of given a proper overview of Ed and Eddie, I don't think we'll go into that much specifics with the actual episode. Because like I say, I... Also... I couldn't tell you what happened. Well, I can tell you what happened. So Ed and Eddie are doing a scam at the start and they've got all the, the usual suspects, like, you know, the, the kids from the neighbourhood there and Ralph buys something. And it's a thingy that the smart guy has created. He's invented it, but he's only invented one and they've sold them to like six people. And then he's up, like, oh, I've only invented one. What's going to happen? And then he opens up one of the boxes and there's just loads of foam in there, you know, like styrofoam type thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh no, we're criminals. You can't do that. And it's like, but we need to get jawbreakers. I think there was a, the motivation was there's a sale on for jawbreakers. The thing is, I missed all of that. So for me, they were just doing these really horrible things. They kept using the word jawbreaker, but it was never actually set up. It wasn't like they sweat in a candy shop and realized they had no money. There was no like set up to the premise. It no. was just automatically assumed, you know who they are, but you know what jawbreakers four, are. So you do know they love jawbreakers. But what if I was just about six and this was my first introduction to Ed and Eddie? I'd have not, I wouldn't have a clue what was happening. Someone comes to the rescue and swings down and steals the money off Ed and Eddie. And goes off into the trees. And he has a melon on his head and he's called... Captain Melonhead. Yep. And he literally has half of a melon on his head and he's in his underpants, I think. Yes, he's like a superhero, but he's also like a Robin Hood because he gives it back to the people who they took the money off. So very nice in that respect. And that's when the leader is like, oh my God, this guy what's wrong with him? Why doesn't he want money? So there was a little bit of social commentary there. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> but there is. You know, he's giving it back to them because they've been conned. 
rather than keeping it all for himself, which is what the main guy would have done. And then they make out that the main guy is a villain as well. And then basically they, they fight, they do a battle. And then in the end... I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't tell well, you. we just watched this. Why can't we remember? The thing is, it's aimed at children. and I'm so not, much happened. I, I didn't understand any of it. I was lost throughout. Oh, but I do remember. They're, then they're having this really epic battle. So the, the guy's swinging around and he manages and you realise it's um, the guy with Plank. So it's him that's doing so it So is all. this the inventor guy? No, it's one of the kids who's got Plank. Oh. Swinging around and doing all of that and being a superhero, being Melonhead. Why? I don't know. So they're friends? I think it's because he's sick of them scamming them all the time. Okay. So basically it ends with them doing this fight and neither of them are victorious. They also do a weird bit where he tries to do another scam where he sells like big butts. But I don't know why you'd buy those big butts. And it was just like your back of a trousers. It was like, I don't even know what it was. They weren't like jeans. They were like a part of a jean. And they had like netballs and basketballs. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Into the pocket. So it looked like he had a big bum. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but in the 90s and noughties, big bums weren't good. So I don't really understand also, what, who would buy that. It just none of it made sense. So it ends with a stalemate and then they turn to the people who were watching them and they're like, oh, he's going to win, he's going to do this. And as it turns out, they don't care anymore. They're not bothered. So they just all give up and it ends. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. It was called Robin Ed, if you want to go and watch it. As in Robin Hood. Robin Ed? No, that's not a pun at all. I'm sorry. No, it's quite good because the way it's spelt is Robin, as in O double O. Like they're Robin. I know, exactly. I got that. I got that pun. There's some layers going on here. That is the end of Ed and Eddie, but I was a bit disappointed because I, I have fond memories of that TV show. It seems to happen a lot, actually, on this podcast that the shows I didn't like growing up or didn't really watch, or didn't and know, for me. I really like. Mm-hmm. And then the ones I loved, I watch it again. I'm like, why did I love that? So it's funny. I love the nostalgia. I love seeing the characters again. The theme tunes are always brilliant. But yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie, I'm baffled by. And it's the longest running Cartoon Network show as well. We are starting to plan our christmas content for the podcast Re- i love christmas i'm ready for christmas fleur de force uploaded her first uh, christmas guide of the year today if there's anything that's going to be cut it's that no it's not it's relevant and fleur might hear it and be like that's so lovely let's retweet her and become friends with Gemma because she seems really nice but we are going to do christmas themed episodes yes. so you know, like in The Simpsons, they do Christmas episodes. I swear loads of shows do it, this don't is they? The thing is, so I've got one show that we're definitely going to do, which is called The Greatest Store in the World. Well, that's a film. That's yes, not a show. which was on, um, it was shown on CBBC or BBC. And it was Starring also... Bla- Brian Blessed. Yep. And not Lewis Capaldi. Sounds like Lewis Capaldi. No, it is. Oh, Lewis. Capildi? Doctor Who. Capildi. Peter Pickildy? Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is also in it. S Club 7 make an appearance. And it's actually Zoe Sugg's favourite Christmas film as well. More famously known as from her, but soon to be from me. But we have been struggling to kind of come up with some other kind of niche or very kind of British or very funny Christmas specials from kids TV. So if you do have any, please do email us at remember this question mark at gmail.com. And that's question mark is in the word, not the symbol. Also Christmas films or TV shows that 
aren't necessarily associated with Christmas. For example, a lot of people say Die Hard. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. I would say Cool Runnings is a Christmas film. Yeah, my brother would agree. And I wouldn't mind watching that. We've I got that on that DVD. Film. We've got that on DVD somewhere. Home Alone is a Christmas film. Mm. I mean, oh yeah, because, you know, no one ever talks about Home Alone. <laughs> Sick of hearing about it. Um, So yeah, if you do have any that you'd like us to watch, please do email us in because we're struggling with that. So it'd be a great help if you could recommend some to us. And also if you have any feedback, any shows that aren't Christmas based, please do let us know as it really does make our day when we receive email from you guys. Also rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of that good stuff. And do it on Apple Podcasts, please, because that really helps us go into the algorithms and just reach a wider audience base. Not that you're not lovely, we do love you, but it would be nice to open our arms and welcome more people in. Yeah, wouldn't you like to be part of that and be like, oh yeah, I was, you know, when you can be really smug and be like, oh, I've been watching that, but I've been watching that YouTube for like 10 years. Well, I liked them before they were cool. Yeah. Are you saying we're going to be cool? I mean, no, just. Because we've got like a chamomile candle between us and we could be cool. This is a passion project for the both of us. We do it in our spare time for free. So please do kind of, you know share and comment and engage with us because we appreciate it we you know it's nice to get something out of it isn't it and also coming soon like previously mentioned we will be having guests we've got one confirmed so far I can't believe Theresa May was up for doing it. It's I amazing. I know, it is shocking. I it know, will she's be an got exclusive. more time. Yes, yeah, wow, it's going to be really interesting. So yeah, we hope you have a wonderful week and thank you for going down a trip with Mary Lane with us. And you will hear from us next Monday, 6am. Let's remember some more things together. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>